want to congratulate you on making it here this morning. That's an accomplishment. Give yourselves a hand. Come on. On a very rainy Sunday morning, after probably what was a very long week, you're here. So I just want to say you're doing pretty good. And if you're watching online, hey, you're doing, I'm glad you turned it on. Thank you for turning it on. You're doing pretty good too. Tell yourself you look good, even if you're in your pajamas. All right. Um, so I uh, invite you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 1. We're going to get there in just a, in just a moment. Um, as you turn there, I just want to fill you in on some information about myself. Now, you may not know this about me. Um, most people know everything about me here because I talk every week. So it's hard to find something you don't know. Um, but I, I know I don't look like it, but I actually work out. Does anybody, does, I know nobody would guess it, but I do. Like three, two, three times a week, I go to a gym. I go to, I go to Planet Fitness uh, just trying to stay healthy. And sometimes uh, when I'm on the elliptical machine, right, um, uh, you know what the elliptical is? It's like the running thing. It's kind of weird. It's like it, you don't really, it's low impact, yeah. So I'm on there, and I get bored, and so I look around on that Planet Fitness, and uh, I've noticed that there are a few things written on the walls, and it's hard to miss. Uh, this is what it says. It says, no critics uh, everywhere. It, it says, you belong. Uh, on other some of the machines on the side, it says, no judgment zone. No critics, you belong, no no, you know, judgment-free zone, things like that. And if I didn't know better, I'd say that sounds like church, right? No critics. You belong. Judgment-free zone. Praise the Lord. Let's take an offering, right? Like this is, this, it sounds like, at least it's what church is supposed to be, right? It sounds like what church is supposed to be. How's that? How's that? Okay, we can agree on that. Um, last week, we kicked off a new series re-examining our purpose as a church called What Are We Doing? And you can hear that however you'd like. You can hear it like, what are we doing? You could hear it like, what are we doing? Like, it just depends on, you know, how, how you uh, approach life. Churches do lots of things. Lots of things. And the question is this. What are the most important things that we're doing? What are those things that we're, we should be doing? And there are three things that we said stand out as sort of core principles and purposes of our church. And they're all found in our name. They're all found in our name. If you don't know, our name comes from Psalm chapter 1, which is where we're going to read in a moment. Psalm chapter 1, uh, verse 1. We're going to read that now. So if, you, if you're there, you can read on the screens as well. And it says this. It says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do, but not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. If you don't know what chaff is and you, you beat up wheat and things like that, it's like the leftover stuff and it would just blow away. It was not the good stuff. Verse 5 says, They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. This passage contain, contrasts the, the life of those who follow God with those who don't. Often in Scripture you'll find that. There's contrasts. It says this, but then this. This, but then this. And that's what you're getting here. You're getting the life of the godly versus the life of those who aren't. The life of those who follow God versus those who don't. Joy for one, pain for the other. You've got life for one, death 
for the other. Strength and flourishing for one, weakness and wasting away for the other. So we said when we were setting out to name the church, we want to be the trees. We want to be, we want to be like the trees, right? We, we, that's where you, we want to be the ones planted by the riverbank. We want to be life tree. We want to be a tree of life. We want to be like those. And last week we highlighted that our first purpose as a church comes from that word life tree, that we want to be life-giving. That's what we're here to do. We're here to be life-giving people. If we're not giving life, we're wasting our time as a church, right? If this church is not life-giving, if we are not life-giving people, we're wasting our time. So today we're going to look at the second thing that we're here to do, okay? Assuming that life-giving is, is given, that's what we're here to do. And the second thing that we're here to do is found in our middle word, that word community, right? When we set out to name the church and had come up with a life tree community church, I had people come up, I was telling them, like, you know, we're starting a church, what are you calling it? Calling it life tree community church. And I had people tell me, you should probably drop the community word. Just call it life tree church. It's, it's too wordy, you know, came from a branding perspective. Life tree is simpler. It's just less words, you know, just life tree. You can just call it life tree. Don't even, don't even put the church on, just, just life tree, right? And I'm sure there are some of you who have called it life tree church and you've said that kind of stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it, it's, it, it makes sense and all for all of those reasons. But I couldn't escape the word community. just felt like it was too important not to include in our name. That there was something inside me that was saying, don't cut that word out. And I know it's made our branding a little complicated. But beyond that, there's something to the word. But what is a community really? Like, what, is that, what does that mean? What does that mean for us? And we say, oh, we got a good community over there. What are we talking about? A community is simply a group of people united around a common cause. That's often what a community is. It's a, it's, a, it's a gathering of people, and there's so many different communities, and they're all different. They each have their conditions for acceptance. Uh, their agreed-upon behaviors. Communities have their benefits, their liabilities. Planet Fitness is a community. No critics, judgment-free zone. You belong. It's a community. It, it, there's people that walk in there. They're gathered together to attend to their physical health. I see people there that are not there to work out. They're there to talk. And I see them there whenever I'm there. There's these three guys, and they just, I mean, they, they sit at the machine. One guy sits. The other two stand around, and I don't see any working out happening. But that's community. They, they're, they're together there. There's, a, there's purpose there. And there's all sorts of communities in our world that, that you and I are a part of. There's not just fitness communities, there's bird watching communities, right? There's communities of, of vegans and of Jeep owners, right? The knitting club community, right? There's, there's plumbing communities and electricians and there's sports fans, right? There, there's just people that you see. There's the short guy club, I'm in that one, right? There's, a, there's all sorts of communities. My favorite one that I, growing up, it was near my house, I still see it, some of you may know this one, the Trenton Polish American Democratic Club, right? Very specific. Like, it's a, it's a window, right? You gotta, you gotta fit in that. Anybody a member of that? Anybody know anybody in a member of that? I'm looking at you, Teresa. You might know somebody. All right. There's geographic communities. There's communities in your neighborhood, right? There's, there's economic communities. There's all sorts of communities that we're part of. Most people belong to a number of them. So think about the communities that you're a part of, right? You know, what, what, who, are, who are your people? Who are you people like, these are my people, I'm part of this one. You know, I play basketball, I get, it's a community. We, we got a group chat, there's like 120 guys on there and we talk all the time. It's a community, it's a centered around basketball. There's just all sorts of communities that we belong to. 
the church is also a community. It's a gathering of people coming together, united around a common purpose. But there's something different about the community of the church than any other community in the world. It's different. There's something special about it. And if this dynamic that makes the church so unique as a community is overlooked or missed, it can cause people to miss the gift that is the church. See, the church is the most important community anybody could belong to. Why? Why is the church so important? You're a little biased up there, pastor. You're a little biased. It's, I, I'm going to tell you right now, this is not an effort to increase attendance at church. If that's all you hear, that the goal of community is that you need to be in service, you have missed me completely today. So I'm going to just put that out there now. That's not what we're talking about when we're talking about community. Attending a service is not community. It can be part of community, but it is not the sum total or measure of community. Okay, so I just want to put that out there. So the community of the church is the most important community in the world, and I'm going to tell you why. We're going to go back to Psalm chapter 1. See, not only does it tell us that following God is good and it leads to life, but it also paints a picture of what part, of what being part of the community leads to, of what being part of the church community, this, this fellowship of what that leads to. And it says in, in Psalm 1, it says, it says, those who are planted by the river, who are in a life-giving environment, that they reap the benefits of that place. That those who are near life-giving environments, that they receive life. See, the writer highlights the impact of who you're with. He says, what joy for those who are not led astray by bad advice from wicked people. What joy for those who don't hang out with those who rebel against God. What joy for those who don't identify, belong to mockers and those who intend harm and evil to others. You know the saying, show me your friends. and I'll show you your future. I'll show you who you are. The writer is telling us your community matters. The people that you do life with have an impact on you. Your community matters. Who you hang around determines whether you thrive or you die. God knows that we thrive in good environments. So he created the perfect environment for everyone to thrive, and he called it the church. He says, I've got the perfect environment for you all. It's called the church. It's not always been that. What the church has become for many people um, is not the life-giving community that God intended. There's a lot of people that have participated in churches, and you go, that church was not life-giving to me. That was not community. That was something else. They were doing spiritual things, but I'll admit that the church, not, hopefully not our church, but perhaps... But the church doesn't just automatically, just because you gather for a service, sing some songs, listen to some scripture, doesn't make you a community. It's just, that's just an event. It's just a show. But that doesn't mean, just because that isn't 
community, that we have to resign ourselves to losing out on what God wants to give us. There's something incredibly rich and valuable and worthy in true community. It's what we're here to do. It's always been God's plan to place us in community with each other. God's plan has been to always have you be in community with other people in faith. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6. And I'm going to come through, run through some scriptures, so don't worry if you want to follow along. You can write them down, but I'll, I can post them later. It says, this is God's plan. Ephesians 3, 6. It says, and this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews, means everybody, right, who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. God's purpose in all this, he says, I'm going to bring all these people together, Jews, Gentiles, everybody, literally anybody, either a Jew or you're a Gentile. So everybody comes together and says God's purpose in all this was to use the church, was to use that community to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Interesting, God says, the church, this community is actually a testimony to the heavenlies. It says, this was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. The church has always been in the mind of God, his eternal plan. Since before time as we know it began, God's plan was community. His plan was church. The church is where we belong. He says, I've had this plan forever to use this as a testimony to my wisdom, that there's something wise about community. But not only that, it says Jesus died for the church. We know this. It says Jesus died for the church. It's the only community ever that God sent his son to die for. When Jesus was facing death, the high priest said, it is better for the world that one man die for them. He didn't know what he was doing. He was just says he was told he didn't know what he was saying, but he was actually speaking prophetically about Jesus, and that his purpose in death was to bring together and unite all the children God scattered all over the world. That in dying, Jesus, the purpose was to bring together people in community just like this. Jesus died so that we'd be here today doing this. Literally for this. He died for this community. He died to create community. When we were in Mexico, our team, if you've ever been anywhere outside of this context in another faith community. We were a people whose language and culture was very different than ours, and it didn't matter because we were among family. It was brothers and sisters worshiping together because Jesus died to create this community. He gave his life for this. He didn't die for any other community but this one. It's different than all the other communities that we're part of. Not only that, the Apostle Paul told us in Colossians that Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. See, what, happened, we're telling, what they're telling us here is that as the head, God not only collected, collectively brought us together, but he brought us together in peace. He makes peace with everybody. The church is the most powerful community, not because of us, but because of the one who is the head. The one who is the head, the one who is leading us. We are the body. Jesus is the head, and he is supreme over everything. 
first time the word church is used in the Bible, Jesus is talking to Peter, one of his disciples, and he's charging him with a great responsibility, basically giving Peter his life's calling. And he said this in Matthew. He says, now I say to you, Peter, which means rock, that upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I just want you to think about this for a moment. This is not even hell itself. All the powers of hell are stronger than our church. God says, that's my church. It's the most powerful thing in all creation. And even the powers of hell, there is nothing stronger than my church. Even the powers of hell cannot conquer it. You can't belong to a more powerful community. It has the greatest history. You want legacy members? <laughs> you, want, you want, man, I'm part of, you know, I'm part of this Alpha, Kappa, Delta, Phi, Slamma, Jamma, right? Like whatever, whatever part you're, I'm part of the oldest membership. I'm part of this golf club. Wherever you're part of, you want some legacy members. Uh, you know, you want, you, want, you want some fancy lockers next to yours. Let me tell you. How about Moses and Abraham and David and Ruth and Mary? Hebrews tells us, since we are surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, since you are part of this huge community that transcends time, it goes back from the beginning of time till today into the future. It is, oh, this is global. It says, let us strip off, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. You get to be part of not, you're just not part of just this. This is not the full extent of our community. We're part of the church, which is everybody ever who has ever believed and accepted the good news about God. You get to be part of the oldest and most diverse community in history. People from every tribe, every nation, every language, all over the world. We join together from every corner of the earth, every ability, every context, and we are together as one. I'm telling you, I hope you understand, like, I'm just trying to build a picture here. Like, this community is really, really special. We're together as one. And here's the thing. Jesus actually prayed for the church. He prayed for this community. It's the only community he prayed for. John chapter 17, he says this. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me because they belong to you. It's community here. All who are mine belong to you. He's talking to his father. And Jesus says, and you, God, have given them to me so they bring me glory. He says, now I am departing from the world, but listen, they are staying in this world, but I'm coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so they will be united just as we are. He said, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into this world, I am sending them into the world. We're going to talk about this in a moment. It says, and I am, am, I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity in their community that the world will know that you sent me, that, that Jesus is who he says he is, and that God, that you love them as much as you love me. May the unity of this community be a testimony to the world. 
Jesus prayed for protection for us. He prayed for holiness for us, for understanding for us, and for unity. And God answers that prayer still to this day for this community. God continues to answer that prayer of Jesus. You need protection in your life? You're going to find that in this community. Do you need understanding and wisdom? God distributes it through people. You need strength to do what's right? We do that. You tired of all the fighting and division in this world? We're learning here to be one. It does not mean this community is perfect. Far from it. We're people, we're flawed, we're broken. But that's what we're here to do, to grow, to learn to be one. It's why our mission is not just to be life-giving, but to be community-building. Because it's that. Because of all of that. It's our goal. We're on the journey. And even the effort itself is life-giving. The attempt to be community-building. Okay, so what? Thank you for that great, rich understanding of what the community of God is. So what? Practically, again, we're going to walk out of here. And you're going to go, we talked about community at church. I don't know. I don't know. What difference is it going to make? What are you going to do any different? Will this have made any difference? What does that look like practically? See, not only is this church a life-giving community, but we're called to be community builders. We're called to create community. And that sounds intimidating. It can sound like a big job. It can sound like something for somebody who knows what they're doing, who's trained, who's skilled, like a lot of work. To be a community builder, what does that mean? That we as just, listen, I got got a job. I I got... I got family, I got stuff to do. Can I just tell you, community building is all of our responsibility and you can do it. It's not too big. It actually happens just one person at a time. One interaction at a time. Community building does not happen systemically from a huge organizational standpoint. Here's what we're going to do to build community. We're going to have a lot of community lunches, and you're going to come and hang out and talk to people, and we're going we're to shove community down your throat, and we're going to be the best community church ever because we're going to spend all our time together. You already know that ain't going to work. So how do we do this? You're going to walk out of here in just a few minutes, hopefully with you got a boat or some slickers. How are we going to be community builders? If that's what we're here to do, if that's really what we're saying we're here to do, what does that look like? Number one, well, just start by being part of a life-giving community here. I want to hold. We've talked about the commitments that we make to each other. If you've gone through our discovery course ever, uh, we talk about the commitments that we make, what, it, what membership means here. You don't have to be a member of the church, but we're going to have a discovery course in a, in a few weeks. I think it's in your program, maybe, and you'll, you'll find out about that. Oh, Danielle wanted to put it up, so there she goes. It wasn't in my slides, but she's got it there. She's like, yes, I made the slide. So there you go. If you'd like to sign up for discovery, you can do that. But, that's, but in there, I, we talk about these four commitments that we make to each other. Because this, at its essence, is what community building looks like. Number one. A life-giving community believes the best in everybody. A life-giving community believes the best 
everyone is a child of God. So do you want to be a community builder? Just start believing the best in the people around you. Be an encourager. Be a motivator. If you can encourage someone, you are building community. That's it. Can you encourage one person? You can build community. Believe the best in somebody. Don't believe the worst in them. Don't, don't, take, don't assume. You want to build life-giving community? Believe the best. And let people believe the best in you. Let somebody else encourage you. This is really important. Community is not one direction. It's not, hey, I'm here to build community for you. I don't need it myself. That's patronizing. It's not what we're here to do. We need to receive just as much as we need to give. There are people here that can encourage you. You need encouragement? It's in the room. Believe the best in people. Two, a life-giving community doesn't give up on anybody. Don't give up on people. People are going to, listen, their story is not over. Your story is not over. There are people who perhaps aren't even here right now. And you've kind of like just given up on them. You haven't seen them in a while. You're like, I don't know what's going on with their life. They're no longer part of the community. What are we doing? Don't give up on everyone. Jesus has showed us what it's like. He's the one who leaves the 100 to go after the, the 99, to go after the one. That can't be on just one person. We all have to be on mission to go and not give up on anybody. And if somebody messes up, forgive them. Show grace. Show mercy. Be patient. You want to build community? Forgive. Don't give up on somebody. And at the same time, if you're listening to this, maybe you need to hear this. Let people show you the same forgiveness and grace. Maybe you've blown it and you're trying to avoid the community because of shame or guilt or things like that. Let me tell you, in this place, we may not be perfect, but our goal is to welcome you and say, hey, humbly, we're not here to judge. We're Planet Fitness. No judgment. <laughs> Judgment-free zone. No critics. You belong. Please come. Be part of this community. Our commitment is that we will not give up on you. Third, a life-giving community gives what we have to give. You can count on help. You want to build community? Give what you have, not what you can't. I'm not asking you to, to sacrifice what you can't and, and to suffer. Just give what you have to give. What can you do? What do you have to offer? God has given every single person something to contribute. Ask yourself, what am I supposed to be contributing to this community? If you're giving it, it is life-giving. If you're withholding it, you're withholding life. You want to build community, give what you have to give. Conversely, let others give to you and be generous with you. I can only give. I don't need anything back. Yeah. It's not true community. It's not true community until you give and take. And finally, a life-giving community commits to being present. I will go with you. Our commitment is that you're never going to be alone. It means walk alongside people. Be in relationship. Don't just do for people, but ask about their lives. Get to know people. Let people know you. Welcome other people into your life. This is not just a life-giving community. This is the life-giving community. 
God has designed it that way. And I want to pause right here because when we get the time, people go, oh, see, it is. He just wants us to come. The pastor just wants us to come to church. This is just supposed to be a, hey, get more people to, to church kind of a message. And that's not what I'm saying because I just want you not to get hung up on here. I want to clarify two things. One, the church is not a competing community. You do not need to disengage from all those other communities that you are a part of to participate in this one. Church is different than every other community. Yes, it's special, it's unique, but it is not in competition with all those other communities. You can and should be in both. Jesus said himself, I'm leaving, they're not. I'm sending them into the world. I'm sending them out. They're staying here. They're going to participate in all those communities. This is not a competing community. And also, second, the church is not a complementary community. This is not like an extra if you have time for it. Like it's a, it's a nice little addition if you got a, I had some free time this weekend, I can go add to my other communities with a little church community. I sprinkle it in once in a while. It is not a complementary community. The church is the central community. In the Old Testament, I want to explain the picture. In the Old Testament, as they were moving, the children were, as the children of Israel were leaving Egypt and they were on their way through the wilderness to the promised land, they constantly had to set up camp. No good camp is complete without a good campfire right in the middle, right? You put a campfire there and everybody gathers around the campfire. If you've ever gone camping, you know that like literally everybody is welcome at the campfire. Like it could be strangers next door. It doesn't matter. Hey, you're having a fire. Come on over. We got extra marshmallows. Let's hang out. And around the fire, it's community. Hopefully phones are off. You're talking, right, Tim? No phones. Phones are off. We're talking. And you can kind of see people, but what's important is that you're around the fire. And the flames, right, they, they bring light. I mean, I could stare at a fire for hours. I don't know about anybody else. Like, I could just stare at a fire. It brings heat, cold nights, nothing like a good fire. Oh, man. And, and we, we develop community around the campfire. And the children of Israel were wandering through the wilderness they would always set the tent up, the tabernacle, the dwelling place of God in the center of the camp. And they would camp around it. But a million people. So, I mean, we're talking a huge area. And in the middle would be the tabernacle. And it said the presence of God would rest on the tabernacle like what? Like a fire. And that's where they would gather. They would come together and gather in this middle place. Gather around the fire around the Spirit of God, and that's where they would worship and bring their offerings. And let's be reminded of who they are and, and whose they were and why they were there and what they were doing, reminded of their purpose in life. But then they would go back home to their different places, different parts of the land. See, the church is where you come and where we gather to remind ourselves to get power to be life-giving in all those other communities that we're part of. We gather here to scatter. We come together in this community to gain life so that we can go to those other places and give life. 
to come together at the fire to go bring it with us. Which leads to the second action step. One, be part of a life-giving community here. Two, be part of a life-giving community wherever you go. It's not just about, hey, come to church. It's more about, hey, are you life-giving where you are? Are you building community wherever you go? So how do we do that? How do we build community outside this church setting? How do we do that? Same thing. Believe the best in your nieces and your nephews, in your coworkers, in your neighbors, in your friends. Don't give up on the people in your life who've made some really lousy decisions, who are chasing foolish things, who are annoying, who are difficult. True community builders refuse to give up on anybody. You can build community wherever you are, and it still happens one person at a time. Give what you have to give. What can you give to those around you? Again, I love this phrase. Do for one what you wish you could do for all. Right? I can't do it for you because I can't do it for you. I can't do it for everybody. Right? Who says? Nobody says. It's just a thing we've made up. Do for one what you wish you could do for all. What can you give to somebody? What help can you offer? Again, believe the best in somebody. Don't give up on them. Give them what you have to give. And finally, go with them. Be present, which means you have to show up in their life. Say yes to invitations, even when you don't want to. Go to the birthday party that might be awkward. Get out of your house. Say yes to the book club, to the invitation to go for a walk. Be present. I think for too long, and, and especially with the COVID thing, it's, been, it's gooped us up. And let me just tell you, we have underestimated the power of presence. You have no idea how powerful it can be to simply show up. Your presence helps build life-giving community. Show up in people's lives. We're here to be community builders and not just build the church. But God said, I'm, I'm sending them into the world. I'm going, but they're staying. They're here. They're in this. And let their sense of unity, let their sense of wisdom, their sense of love, compassion, the way they behave, that life-giving essence that they bring wherever they go, let that be a testimony to this world that Jesus is who he says he is and that God loves everybody. You can be part of building life-giving community. Church is a community that benefits all other communities. This world needs the church because this is the life-giving source. It's not a competing community. It's not a complementary community. It's the central community. The church sends people into other communities to be salt and light, to give life. There's the familiar saying, right? If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. can help each other receive our reward in eternity because we can cross that finish line together, arm in arm, hand in hand, shoulder to shoulder. Let me tell you, many people have encountered God. They've been hungry for him, considered the life of faith, and walked away because they believe the lie that there's some life-giving essence in a community somewhere else. The only life-giving community is the church. We talked about it last week. There's different types of life. There's eternal life in God. It's the only place that gives that. 
church is not the center of the world, God is, and he has chosen the church to be his body in the world. We belong in community with each other. We flourish in community with each other, and as we are part of the church, we get to both receive life and give it. Can I just say, my heart is that we would not just be an event. Not just a production on a Sunday morning. Hey, we're coming to have service. That's church. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's part, it can be part of it, but it's not the sum total. Church is meant to be a life-giving community, a place where people, where we live this out with each other. Next week, I'm going to kind of wrap this up with that third part, what it means to really be the church, what it means to be disciple-making and all that stuff. And I've, I'm actually most excited about that message. I think these are all building up to that one. But I want to let you know, this is meant to be a life-giving community that empowers us to give life wherever God sends us. We are community builders here, yes. Everywhere, yes. It's just what we are, life-giving community building. That's what we're here to do. I'm going to invite you to stand, and we're going to close in prayer, and then they're going to lead a song in a moment. But would you just would you stand and pray with me for a minute? Heavenly Father, God, you are the community-creating God. You tell us that the church is yours, that you designed it this way for us to be in relationship with each other. Help us to grasp understand this wisdom that you say that this community, the church community is meant to display your wisdom not just to people on earth but to even those in the heavenly realms there's something profoundly wise about togetherness that we build each other up that we give life to each other. Help us to be community builders. To recognize the value in it. Forgive us if we've made this just something less than that. If we've reduced this to just something when we have time. If we've seen it as a competition. Help us to see this as the source of life that this helps us be life-giving in all those other places that you send us. Help us find that balance to know how to participate in this community in such a way that it brings life to the other ones. We thank you. You are so good and so wise. We worship you today. In your name we pray.